Welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome back to another group deep dive episode. And you might be looking at the title of this episode and wondering, why? (laughs) I don't know. That's a very good question. Um, And I think the answer is that, A, I have a very long list of potential deep dives I'd like to tackle on this show someday. Um... But this was a group that, A, somebody in the Discord recently asked about more information about K-pop getting big in Japan and what that looks like. And that feels like a a hard thing to tackle because it's the hardest thing for me to find. I don't know how to find information about the Japanese market. It feels very secretive or like (laughs) inaccessible. But I did find this group that was credited as being the first group to like kick the door down in Japan and they were only active for five years. So it was, I didn't have a lot of time this week. So it felt like a deep dive that was a little bit pertinent and capable, something I was capable of doing in a limited (laughs) time frame. A perfect recipe. Yes. So today we're going to learn about Double S 501 a late first gen, early second gen, arguably, boy group. Um, they, I thought they definitely felt early second gen. I know when I started, when I like, the name I associated with first gen, but then watching through the music videos and listening to them, I feel like they're really... They're really like the predecessors of what we come yeah. to know as second gen. Um, so yeah, that's a they're right on the border for sure. Ushering in the new era, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so I guess that is a good question that we usually do in all of the deep dives, which is before we get into it, which is like, what is our familiarity with the group before we started this? And yeah, I think to me they were just a name. That I, Mm -hmm. like, know was very important for a chunk of time. Like, when I go into, like, deep into really old K-pop blogs, like, looking for information or, like, in the dusty corners of a K-pop store, Double S 501, like, merch and fandoms and, like, is always, like, tucked in with the TVXQ and the Girls' Generation and the, like, whatever of that, like, early, early K-pop So I know they were important to people, Mm -hmm. but they weren't around very long. Like, they were long gone by the time I got into K-pop. Right. So, or not long gone, but, like, several years gone, and that's enough in K-pop time. (laughs) Yeah, I had no real connection other than I knew I had heard or seen the name, but I didn't know any, I didn't, couldn't have told you how many members there were or any of their songs. And even listening through their discography, none of their songs sounded familiar in a way. They sounded familiar in the sense that I like recognized the time period and genre, but they didn't sound familiar in the sense that like, I didn't recognize any of the songs. Yes. There weren't any of their, there was no like, sorry, sorry or something in there Mm -hmm. that like, 
yeah, something that had remain. just sort of seeped through, yeah, and like mm-hmm. remain as part of the K-pop like encyclopedia that the new fans are handed. Like, none of these songs yes. made it into my hands when I first got. They into weren't K-pop. covered the way that like HOT songs are covered, so I was not familiar with them in in any other context. Yes. But I do know that, like, I'm sure there are people listening, and this is their favorite K-pop group of all time. So <laughs> I hope that I can do them justice today in telling well, others I, what I learned about them. I did see many under many of the music videos, not only, like, fairly recent comments being like, oh, I miss them. Like, please come back. SS501, like, you're my favorites. But I also noticed that most of those comments are from Mexico and they're Ah. all in Spanish. And there is still to this day a very big fan club called Triple S Mexico that is crossing their fingers waiting for a reunion. Yeah, I saw I saw that, too. I saw the like many, many Spanish comments. Um, So, yeah. But the point is that like they are they get a little bit of credit for being one of those early Hallyu groups that like was spreading the word of Korean pop uh, to the world in the early 2000s. Oh, a very cute cat has just joined our recording. She always comes by when I'm on a Zoom. She doesn't like to be excluded. She'll just join us for a yeah, little Yeah, she looks very, very cute right now. Um, <laughs> all right, so yeah, point is... They had a lot of influence, but they weren't around very long. Um, And so it's one of those K-pop what-if stories, I feel like. Um, And we'll get into it. So, double S, 501. And it is double S. It is pronounced double S. Okay, I was just reading it as SS, 501. I know. I'm sure I have said that on the show before I have said SS, 501. It is double S, 501. The Korean name is double S O Gong Il, which means five zero one. So mm, gotcha. That is the title. And the name means super singers. And then 501 is supposed to be five members united as one forever. Mm. Super or singers. For five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or forever. Whatever. Um, yeah, so they debuted on June 8th, 2005, under a company called DSP Media. Um, what else? Their fan color is pearl light green. The pearl is perfect for the time period. Mm-hmm. The first generation of colors have been gone through. It's time for pearl colors. <laughs> um, and they can't just have regular light green. Yes. And their fan club name is Triple S. For superstar supporters. Oh. And double, double S, triple sure, S. Triple it's S. cute. It makes sense. Um, let's see. Okay, fast facts up at the top about numbers, stats. We love this. So in Korea, they put out one studio album and eight EPs. In Japan, they did two studio albums and three compilation albums. Um, in Taiwan, they also released two compilation albums of their like best ofs. They did eight drama OST songs as a group, not including individual members doing solo OSTs. Um, they have 28 music videos. 
They did commercial. They had commercial deals with Elite School uniforms, Lottie ice cream, Mighty Mac makeup, Korean PR, the Hawaii Tourism Organization, the Korean Airport Corp- Corporation, and Le Coq Sportif. Um, and they got four Best New Artist awards when they debuted in two thousand five. And the biggest thing is that they were the first Korean artist to win the Best Newcomer Award at the Japan Golden Discs. The first Ooh. Korean act to ever get Best Newcomer at a Japanese award show. So that's the door they kicked in. Um, and they got 17 music show trophies in Korea. Nice. So in their little time, even though they spent most of it in Japan, they were making an impact and they were very famous, and we'll get into one and why in a moment. <laughs> but first, we have to meet the members. That's what always happens in a deep dive. So there are five members of S501, and they all have just regular names, no stage names. And there mm-hmm. are two names that are almost exactly the same, and it is absolutely wild. I couldn't believe when I was looking through the (laughs) member profile and I was like, oh, okay, this guy. And then I got to the second name and I was like, wait, we have two of these? Like, no one got a stage name? Nobody had to change this? It was another another time. Another time. (laughs) That shit wouldn't fly anymore. I don't think so. So the leader and oldest member is Kim Hyun Jung with a G at the end. Hyun Jung. Okay, that's that mm-hmm. one. <laughs> and he is the leader, main dancer, vocalist, face, everything. Um, and he was born June 6, 1986 in Seoul, South Korea. Um, he, you probably know him if you are a K-drama watcher and are a person who got into K-dramas because of Boys Over Flowers, which we will be talking about a lot today. He played Jihu in Boys Over Flowers, and that is the thing that he is most famous for, aside from all the trouble that he's gotten into after his time in Double S 501. Um, very public, fucked up fight with his baby mama ex, who is- Five year legal battle. Legal battle. Serious accusations. Suits and countersuits and charges and dropped charges and out of court settlements and oh so such a mess so much such a mess. Um, But it all happened in two thousand four from two thousand fourteen to it just recently settled in twenty twenty. So I think it's okay for us to not include that in our timeline because it happens. Way after double S O five or double S, what are they fucking double, double S five O one? Double. I'm gonna say it a different way every time. Double S five O one disbanded. Mm-hmm. So I just we knew, won't go into his mess, but I it just, was a fucking mess. I needed to just mention it so that nobody was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Why didn't you mention?" Like I just putting it out there. Yeah, That's, and he's got DUI dramas. Yeah, and he's got all kinds of shit. All kinds of shit. Yes, but um, at the time, he was the leader of this group. Um, And to describe him, I think that he has, um, like, roundish eyes with very heavy eyelids. Like, Mm. just both on top and bottom. His eyelids are just, like, kind of heavy. And he reminds me, he kind of looks like Song Joong-ki, the actor. 
He's like a kind of like Song Joon Ki type. Sure. Yeah. I see that. <laughs> Especially with the like eye shape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is the leader, Kim Hyun Jung. Mm-hmm. Next in line is Ho Young Sang. And he's the main vocalist. And his birthday is November 3rd, 1986. And he was born in Gwangju, South Korea. Um, and he trained at SM for two years before moving over uh, to DSP um, and was the first of the members to start composing for the group, writing like lyrics and songs and stuff. Um, he has a dimples and like a squarish face. His eyes are the closest together and his eyes are like the lo- longest, like the shape of them is like thin and long. And I decided he's my favorite. <laughs> His voice is very good. And I he's think a he's very my good favorite. singer. Yeah, I could really see how he would have been an SM member. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, I could definitely see how he was an SM trainee. And I read that because he trained with like Super Junior and TVXQ, he is like still close with some members of those groups. Yeah. Um, so that is Yong Sang. Next in the middle is Kim Q Jong, who is the main rapper and provides some extra vocals. Uh, his birthday is February 24th, 1987, and he was born in Jeonju, South Korea. Um, I had a very hard time finding any fun facts to put about this guy. He like worked the least of all of them afterwards. And, like, didn't have anything interesting in his fan profile. The only thing I could find was that when he was in the military, him and his mom knit hats for his fans. Which oh, I thought well, that's cute. cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when I was trying to describe him, I, like, had such a hard time because I feel like he looks like every handsome second lead in a drama Like, his face is indistinguishable, but handsome. And the only thing I could point out was that his eyebrows knit together in a serious way. Like, all the Mm. time, he's got those, like, furrowed, serious eyebrows. He does have serious (laughs) eyebrows. And I think he has, like, the widest nose. Yes. Like, his, he definitely has the widest nose. And he has, like, pouty, like, a pouty mouth. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the middle one, Q Jong. Mm-hmm. Then next we have Park Jung Min, who was the lead dancer, rapper, and vocals. And in my opinion, the hottest one. Okay, on April, he was... <laughs> I like immediately wrote down, I was like, one of these guys is hot. And it took me a really long time to be able to be like, it's this one. I think it's that one. I, okay, I believe you. I think you might be right. Um, April 3rd, 1987 is his birthday and he's a soul boy. Um, one of his fun facts is that pre-debut, he was like in condom ads. <laughs> um, I only found two of them on the internet. They seem to just be like print ads and it's just like him and a girl and they both have like shaggy nineties haircuts and they're like under a white blanket, like sticking out being like teehee, <laughs> teehee condoms. I don't know. just thought that was cute. Um, that is really funny. I mean, I don't think that that would happen nowadays. Like, yeah. <laughs> an idol that <laughs> yeah, would maybe. come out with a condom ad ahead of time? No way. Probably not. 
Um, but also, Jongmin also was offered a space at SM and DSP, um, and he chose DSP because he figured that he would debut sooner because mm. he said in an interview that SM was clearly preparing to debut Super Junior, and there were so many guys, and he was like, the likelihood of me getting chosen is not good. Oh, yeah. So he went I to mean, the other company. <laughs> might have been. I wonder if that was a gamble. I mean, that's quite a gamble, and I wonder if he's if he's happy with that role of the yeah. dice. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Um, But yeah, he has like a long neck and very prominent lip corners. And he's like smiling in every picture I looked at of him. He was smiling. I was like, this is a smiley boy. Nice. Um, But he also got a very intense nose job at some point halfway through their run. And it gets it's real pointy at the tip now. Oh, bummer. He's still good looking, but that was a thing that I noticed. I was like, oh, wait, his nose changed. Well, but that means that maybe he's not the face that you're thinking of. I don't know, man. At the early, these early stages, they had a lot of hair in their face. The it's hair. It's kind of hard to tell them apart. It, I <laughs> totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and then last but not least, we have our Makne. And his name is Kim Hyung Jun. No G. So their names are opposite. There's Hun, Hyun Jung and Hyung Jun. That, yeah. come on. I know that even Korean people must have struggled with that. That is like tongue twistery. Well, I bet that's probably, I mean, this immediately, I was trying to look it up because I couldn't remember the exact thing, but it's like when we did the 2020 audit and I confused like Han Song Woo with like Ha Song Woon. Woon. Yeah, something like, it was like one letter difference. But maybe these similar similar names is the reason why so many of their music videos and uh, stages all started with nameplates. <laughs> like, yes. They have like way, not just their debut, like several EPs in, we are still starting the music video with like, this one is this. <laughs> Learn their names. Yeah. Um, but Hyung Jun is the lead vocal usually the center of dance formations and most importantly, the Makne. He was born August 3rd, 1987 in Seoul. And the reason I said it's the most important that he's the Makne is that he is like credited with introducing the concept of a Makne to Japanese fans because mm. they don't have that in Japan and so when people were like getting into this group and learning about them and they kept calling this guy the Makne and they thought it was like a nickname. And so people mm. called him that, like that that was just his name. And so like the word oh, Makne is like associated with him forever and for always because he's the one who like taught it to the Japanese fans. Hmm. And um, his brother Kibum was in the group Yukis. We might have said that in our sibling episode when we were listening, listing siblings. Maybe. Um, but uh, Hyung Jun, I think, has the most distinct face of anyone in this group, or maybe I anyone agree. in K-pop. His face is so interesting. Okay, I don't think he has the most distinct face in all of K-pop because I do think he looks like a 2 p.m., 
Like kind of looks like several 2 p.m.s. Like several 2 p.m.s. Okay. Well, maybe okay, not maybe not unique either because I have a mashup of who I think he looks exactly like. Oh, okay. But it's a mashup. My mashup. I want to hear yours though. Which 2 p.m. Do you know which 2 p.m. specifically you mentioned? Definitely has Kuhn's eyebrows in this picture. Uh-huh. I would agree on the Kuhn eyebrows for sure. Mm. Because that was on my short list of things he reminded me of. But I don't know. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to like put my finger on what, what other face is speaking to me through this face. What's so your here's mashup? what mine is. First, you would take the current hosts of Weekly Idol, which are Eunhyuk from Super Junior and Kwang Yi from ZEA. And you mush them into like one skinny boy. And mm. then you take Ravi from Fix and you mush those two. And you With the get, like long straight nose. It's the, he has like it's Ravi's whole bottom half of his face, but he's much thinner. Like his face is much thinner than Ravi's is. Mm-hmm. And he's ganglier than Ravi is. But that was like my closest match was like if you mixed the Weekly Idol hosts and Ravi, then they would make Hyung Jun. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to say maybe also a super junior. And yeah, and Hyuk. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Those are the members Five of members. Double S501. Nice <laughs> we love a oh, five. Oh five oh one, two, three, seven, eight, <laughs> five. Five. Um, all right. Now let's jump into the timeline of double S five oh one's career. So pre-debut, they had a reality show on Mnet. Mnet called M Pick that chronicled their debut journey and whatnot, and then they debuted for real on June eighth, two thousand five, with a debut EP called First SS five hundred one, and the song is called Warning. This was a five-song mini-album, and it sold 28,000 copies. Um, The music video, the first one I watched was in such terrible quality. I was like, oh my god, what am I going to do? Like, I can't even see this music video. But I found another one, and Music Camp had several, like, HD restored stages. So it was fine. I got to see it. (laughs) Um. Yeah, what did you think of this debut song? Um, I thought the song was fine. Um, I didn't really like write any notes of the song, but I watched their debut stage and I was immediately impressed because like I said before, I didn't really have a lot of context for this group. And so I had always associated their name with first generation, but kind of like the end of first gen, like Shinwa. Like G-O-D and Shinwa. Yes. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And so when I watched their stage, I was surprised by how good they were <laughs> um, because they are really good singers and they had like legitimate choreography. And I immediately was like, oh, I can see this. It's like, this is not a far cry from early Super Junior and TVXQ. Like the styling, the choreography, the like sound of the song. Um, I thought it was like 
dovetailing perfectly with that second gen. Yeah, the styling is like very much that 2000, that anime pieces hair that we talk about a lot where the hair is like so far off of their scalp and like layered forever in Mm -hmm. a million triangles. Um, And they were also wearing like their styling for their first couple, like they did promoted three songs off this album. But for all of them, the styling is like various pieces of suits like yes. just the vest or just the jacket or just a t-shirt and some suit pants, varying degrees of skin, but like mostly a white suit and like a small pop of color, like a blue, a little fedora to the side here and there, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like a, but there's a, so their second single that they promoted off this album is called Never Again. just a lovely step touch ballad and they got their first music show trophy for this song um and there's a stage where they are wearing one they're wearing these very flowy outfits and one of the boys is like fully wearing like a one piece like jumper romper and the top has like a flowy it just looks like a woman's like a woman's clubbing onesie and it looks super wild Yeah, that stage was very interesting because it's a beautiful song. (laughs) But then they have this like Pearl Aqua stage and I wrote that they were showcasing the newest Lane Bryant collection because Mm. literally every (laughs) single one of these members is wearing a piece of like women's clothing. That is also Um, very oversized. Yeah, they have like, well, like one of them is wearing this like off the shoulder like sweater (laughs) and one of them is wearing like a really long, like loose flowy cardigan and the other one is wearing those like yoga pant like bell bottom jumpsuit Mm -hmm. and like yeah it was just a what an what an outfit yeah (laughs) what a styling choice truly styling choice um but yes they're here they're debuted they did it then on december 5th 2005 they put out their second ep which is called second double s 501 and the song is titled snow prince this is a five song mini album i couldn't find any sales information on how well it sold but it did get two music show trophies nice um the song itself has like when i clicked it i was like snow prince here we go and it does have christmas bells like immediately Mm-hmm. Um, and the music video is like the boys are wearing like the Gap Newsies Sherlock Holmes collection and yeah like- <laughs> so many thick coats and like scarves and cheeky hats and they do like a little dance for like a table of women with headshots who are like judging them like in the Backstreet Boys as long as you love me music video kind of yeah they're like auditioning for something and at the end of the music video like Oh, it was just him. Like, they get actually called up or whatever. Like, the whole music video was just in his head about how he hopes it will go. Hopes it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I liked this song a lot. I thought it was, like, very cute and fun. I thought so, too. It was really catchy, and it had, like, really good belty notes in it. And there's some real, like, the opening choreography is really cute with them all getting in a line. Um, It is very Christmassy. 
without being specifically about Christmas-y. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a track on this album called Fighter that they put out like six months later, and the vibe has changed completely with this Fighter song. <laughs> They have, like, they've made their anime hair, like, rock style, and they're wearing, like, leather, and there's, like, guitars in the song, and the, like, music video, they're doing this, like, sweaty fight club thing, and I just was kind of, it was such a turn from the other song on the album, I was like, what? Yeah, it's very, very different um, from the others, from the other like title track. And the look is really different, too, because like you said, in Snow Prince, they're dressed like they're in a winter gap ad. But then in this one and on the stages, too, they're wearing a lot of like leather. And then on the stages, they had really dramatic eyeliner, which they didn't have on any of their other stages either. And one of the guys has like a mullet with a capital M. (laughs) Like, wow, it is so long. And it was so like magnanimous <laughs> the way that the part that my favorite member the Yon, part where he's like yun yun and then the, the long part doesn't move yes because the long there's like those long like carol brady <laughs> underlayer that it seems to be glued to his neck so that it just like is always on it it's yeah. so gross <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway that brings us to 2006, which is the beginnings of SS501's time kicking down doors in Japan. So in 2006, Yonsong had to have vocal surgery, as singers do. And so the other members went to Japan for their first fan meeting. And I guess it was very successful because they then had a concert in Japan in September of that year. Um, after having their first concert ever in Korea in July. Mm. Um, and also in 2006, all the members, again, without Yonsong because he couldn't talk, did the voices in a Korean dub of a movie that was called, when it was released here in the U.S., it was called The Reef. Mm. Um, and it was like a knockoff of like Night- Finding Nemo and Shark Tale, and it got like <laughs> panned for being a terrible knockoff. Um, but anyway, they mm. got to be the voices in it. Because they were a new cool group. (laughs) So then that brings us to November of 2006. Um, And on the 11th of November, they released their first album, which is called ST01 Now. And the main song is called Unlock. This was a 15-track album, so it was a real full album, and it went to number 45 on the Korean album charts. And this rock vibe that we said was in their last little, like, repack combo. They weren't doing repacks back in this day, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The second promoted single. Yeah. it's The vibe is stuck. Like, now they are, like, doing rock stuff. Yeah, the music video is, like, warehouse bad boys and they have like a couple different sets and now they still have their like big feathered hair but now they're like braiding half of it back or like holding some of it with pins they're doing more like 
updos <laughs> with their feathered hair. Um, and this song has a lot of like really dramatic strings in it. I noticed that that seemed to be kind of a, a theme for them. Like yeah. almost all of their songs have some very dramatic string line. And this one has a lot of Michael Jackson, like in it. Um, but really good falsettos too. I mean, they're all really good singers. Like the vocalists in this group are not, they don't skimp. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally agree. But I guess that this rocker vibe, like maybe wasn't what the Korean public wanted out of them because another song on this album that they made a music video for is called Four Chance with the number four. And this song was like their first real actual smash and they got five music show trophies for this song. And the vibe of this is once again very different where now they're cool club guys. They're club guys who go to the club and there's girls and cars and they do like a partner dance with girls where they like touch the girls on stage. Yes, I did laugh a little because the music video is very much like the boy. I love that the boys are the ones that are dancing on the bar, not the girls. Um, And in the music video, it is like this sexy club dance, partner dance. And then in the stage performances, they had like very specific manner hands that were so purposeful. It like really tickled me in a way that I was just like, wow, this is so silly that like they had to dedicate energy into this but there's like moments because there's like lifts in it and stuff Mm -hmm. and so there's like moments where like they have to like hold hands and so like the member the guy whichever member it is will like hold the wrist of the girl and then the girl to make sure it doesn't look like she's holding onto him specifically as her hand as a fist. <laughs> so that and then she does really like, not touching it. She's not touching him. And then the same thing when they do the lift and the girls have to like jump onto the like boys hips, the guys ha- are holding them with their wrist and the girls have their hands in a fist still. It's so silly. It's so, it's so silly, but the choreo is very fun. And I thought that that, song was also really fun and funky with very heavy Michael Jackson vibes. Like that one felt a lot like kind of like smooth, not smooth criminal, but maybe it was kind of an amalgamation of different Michael Jackson songs, but it was fun and funky and it had good piano in it. Yeah, totally agree. Um, There is a third, just mentioning there's a third music video from this album and the song is called Coward and the music video is like them having fun at a ski resort and it's one of those like, look at, they're just like cute and they're mugging for the camera. Um, But the song itself was like a breakup song, but like the bounciest, bubblegummiest breakup song I've ever heard. (laughs) Um, So I just thought that was interesting. It definitely doesn't sound like a breakup song. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Um, But just to note, for 2006, they were on, I guess they like ruled Mnet in 2006 because they had an Mnet TV show called Occupation of Japan that appeared to have more than 30 episodes and another Mnet show called A Little Journey of Five Men and another Mnet show called SOS with double S 501. So they had a lot of TV shows on Mnet in 2006. Good for them. Then January 2007, Double S 501 Japan concert in 
Tokyo. And I wish I could find information about how many people came to this concert or anything. Because I want to <laughs> know, like, how popular were they in Japan? And I have no information. I just was told that that's true. So I hope a lot of people went to... I don't even know where the concert was to see how many people it seats. <laughs> but anyway. But we know it happened. But we know it happened because on August 1st, 2007, SS501 made their Japanese debut with... I thought this was a fun naming convention. All of their Japanese EPs are, tied, are called a maxi single. Great. Love it. And this one is called Kokoro. Um, so this was a three-track mini, but interesting marketing ploy they did for this album. They released five extra versions of the album, and each one had a different solo song sung by a different member. So there were six oh. versions of the album that all had cool. different songs on them. Um, so it went to number 10 on the Oricon album chart, which is the Japanese album chart. And the single um, went to number three on the day after it was released. Um, so pretty great for a Japanese debut for a Korean group back as the like first group for to make anybody care about that. Absolutely. The song itself, this Kokoro song, is a very interesting mix of like hard guitars with like twinkly xylophone. And the like melody, the main melody sounds like a traditional like gugak melody or something like felt very, I don't know. And it's a very repetitive song, but it was like mm -hmm. addictive somehow. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, it's a very strange song. And the more I listened to it, because I wrote almost the same thing. I was like, rock guitar and disco synths, but the bubblegum vocals of it are so, like, such a weird juxtaposition. But the more I listened to it, I was like, this sounds like a cartoon theme song. Like, this would fit so well at the ending credits of an anime. And then I saw your note. <laughs> that it, it was. <laughs> it did become the anime credit music for an anime called Blue Dragon. There you go. So they did it. Um, and then... I can spot those anime <laughs> themes from a mile away. <laughs> um, so this was extremely successful because less than a month later, they had a tour of Tokyo with four dates in September in Tokyo, Sapporo, Nagoya, and Fukuoka. Fukuoka? Fukuoka? Sure. Um, and then right as that concert tour was happening, they released their second Japanese maxi single. And the song is called Distance. <laughs> And this was a five-track mini, and it went to number nine on the Oricon chart, so one, char one spot higher than the last one. Hey, that's growth. But the turnaround time of this was impressive to me. Like, I just think that's pretty wild that, like, they put out this thing and it was successful enough that they could bang out another one within a month. Yeah, immediately afterward. And this one is fun. I liked this song. It's, uh... 
it has like funky. really good yes such funky guitar in it and it has this like twangy breakdown in the middle of it that I really liked and the whole music video is just like just like got seven just right like yes tiny, tiny boys on a get dresser. out of a box <laughs> Yeah. And at first when I started watching it, I was like, oh my God, this music video is seven minutes long. Like for why? But it's because there's a regular version and then there's like a choreography version and they just smushed it into one video, um, which TXT recently did. And I was also, also I was like seven minutes. Why? And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so that was Distance. And then um, in October of 2007, they released their first full Japanese album that is like, uh, what is it called? Self-titled Double S 501. Mm. Um, but there was no new single for this song. It was just like everything they had done before and some Japanese versions of Korean songs. They didn't make any new music videos. But they did have seven new tracks on it, which I thought was really weird because they didn't have a new title track that they promoted. But there are seven original Japanese songs on this album. So, like, why didn't they promote any of those? I do not know. Not sure. Not sure. Um, But then in 2007, they had a show on global music TV called Idol World. And then in January of 2008, that's when they get their Best Newcomer Award at the Japanese Golden Discs. And everyone's so proud of them because no Korean artist has ever done that. And a door has been kicked in, as an article said. Um, So then in February of 2008, they do a concert in China. They didn't. There was only the one. But we always note the concerts. Um... Then, March 13th, 2008, returned to Korea after, like, a whole year of just, you know, being Japan's new favorite thing. Uh, They go back to Korea and put out their third EP, which is titled Deja Vu, and the title track is the same. This is just a three-track mini, and this song did get one Inkigayo trophy. And I thought this was a big change from the last Mm -hmm. Korean thing that we saw. It was, like, much slicker, and it had the, like, strobe lights and the outfits and the the K-pop box that, like, was such a symbol of that... of that generation like they were just suddenly a second music videos started yeah (laughs) i was like wow i can definitely think of like four other music videos that look just like this um and they have like the bedazzled leather and the gloves and the gelled hair yeah um like a little bit more like futuristic and like you said like slick um, and there's breaking glass, like in the instrumentation of this song. And there's a whole part where they do like this, like whisper breakdown and they start saying, uh, double S like a tagline in it, which I hadn't noticed them do in any of the other songs. Um, but yeah, this was definitely felt very of the era, like 2008, this was Maybe even a little before its time. That's well, That was my question was like, was this ahead of its time or literally exactly with its time? Mm-hmm. Like, I, Or was this the, the trendsetter? <laughs> was this what started and sparked the trend? I yeah. don't know. 
I'm not sure. But the one question I also had for maybe anybody who was around at this time or is a more fluent Korean speaker than I, this song also features a refrain of dibi dibi dis, mm-hmm. which Chinese doobop, which won't come out for six months after this one, also features a very prominent dibi dibi dis. And I just want to know, like, does that mean anything? Or was that like a trendy thing, like the way that all the kids now go, sheesh, like, where people just like saying dibi dibi dis and it was mm-hmm. a cute thing to stick in songs or like, cause th- those are not the only two songs. It like comes up sometimes. And I'm just yeah. curious, what is the deal with that? Yeah. I wonder if it was more of just like a popular sound effect, like you said, because I didn't really notice it when I was watching the music video until the very end where one of the members like says it in his, in his line. Right. But then in the stage version, it almost sounds like it's part of the music, like in the beat, it's like, yeah. Or whatever. And so I wonder, and part of me was like, oh, is that supposed to be like a, like a record? Yeah. Just like a sound like, like going wicka wicka or, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Someone solved this dibba dibba mystery, but I did notice it. This dibba dibba debate. Yeah. Dibba dibba debate. Um, but the other note I had for this song, just because I couldn't unhear it, the melody of the chorus of this one reminds me of that tiara song cry cry that goes baby can't you see the look in my eyes <gasps> oh my god yeah it was like a very similar melody and i was yes. like oh i had to write it down yeah 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 um okay so that was korean 30p deja vu then immediately after in june of 2008 they released their third japanese maxi single and this is called Lucky Days. This was a three song maxi single. And this one peaked at number four on the Oricon chart. So even better than the other two. And the music video features them doing something that I guess was a trope of the time, which is being mannequins who come to life in a store. Yeah, they are like life-size Barbie dolls, I guess. Because they I say gotta, like, they're labeled like yes, I got a kick out of the labels because the labels are prince. And so he's like supposed to be a prince and he gives her a crown. And then there's star and he has a microphone. He's supposed mm-hmm. to be like an idol. Then there's marine but he's like on a yacht it's just like a sailor not actually a marine (laughs) right and then there's flower and it's a guy who works like as a florist Mm -hmm. and then my favorite one was just cake (laughs) because it's a chef it's a guy who works in a bakery no it's cake (laughs) and i will say that whichever member was flower has a beautiful half ponytail as his flower mannequin Mm. Um, the melody of this song, I like wrote in all caps, like this melody, what is this melody? So many songs, like every, like every first gen song that like sock three song, so many songs, whatever this melody is, is it like based on like Beethoven or something? And I'm like not catching it. And it's just like a super popular, but I just like, I feel like there are 20 songs that sound exactly like this song and I feel like haunted by this (laughs) because I always like it it's like catchy and childish 
but mm-hmm. I like don't know it has what really, it is. It has really high pitched strings. Like yes. they're like very squeaky. Um, and then it has this like very consistent like drum beat to it. And yeah, I don't know. It did definitely sounded familiar. Yeah. Um, so then after this Lucky Days album came out, they did another Japan tour concert in Tokyo and Osaka and then went back to Korea to release a fourth EP on July 24th, 2008. And this song was called Find. This was an album with three songs plus an acoustic version of a solo that Hyunjung had sang. Um, and this main single is like a power ballad with a string orchestra. Yes, honestly, this song, the introduction of this song blended so seamlessly with the previous Japanese release that when it first started and I was looking away from my computer I thought it was an acoustic version of the previous song see I'm telling you it's that melody it's like the most common melody I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is why is it and there were a couple of their songs that I felt like really blended together like yeah it was this was maybe because we've done so many deep dives where we do like and we always have different motivations for our deep dives like you were talking about before like sometimes we do it because it's our favorite sometimes we do it because we think it's important for the history sometimes like this one we just do it because it's like we're curious right it's like yeah. the tiara one like what's up with them and this is one of the groups that i feel like of all the groups we've done a deep dive for tiara included which is really saying something because tiara had a sound and they stuck to it mm-hmm. this group i felt like so many of their songs blended together in my mind like i had a hard time distinguishing or even like remembering like none of their songs real only like one or two really stood out to yeah. me um cuz it seems like they just like followed a very specific formula. I totally would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the formula even so much, I know not much time has passed. I know it's only been like three years at this point that they've been around, but in this music video, despite it being like a black and white, like ladies playing, uh, violins dramatically in the stages, they still have hella mullets. Like maybe the biggest they've had yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they're, like, so girly and, like, so voluminous and, like, <laughs> just wild. Just layers on layers. On layers. And they're, like, wearing, like, white shiny suits. And, like, they haven't, other than, like, a few of them kind of getting blonde, they, mm-hmm. like, really haven't changed up their vibe much. Other than the one, like, club guy song. It's, like, yeah. generally been the same thing. Yeah. And they also never went back to the dramatic eyeliner of Fighter either. That was like the only time they tried that. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So in November of 2008, only three members of Double S 501 put out an album called You Are Man. You're a man? You're a man. <laughs> you're like, man. Like, I'm your man? Yeah. No, it's your man. I'm your man. man. Um, no, but it is you, you are a man, but it's yeah, you're yeah, yeah. a man. 
Um, anyway, the reason that there were only three of them is because Hyunjung, the leader, was filming Boys Over Flowers, and then Jungmin was doing Grease, the musical. So the other three put out an album as Double S501 Special Project Group, um, and they put out this album. Those three later will debut as their own group. It's on the timeline. I'll get to it. Um, but uh, I wrote concept for this one is chests out. Yeah. That was my note too. <laughs> Whoa, chests. <laughs> <laughs> because um, the this music video is like the, the classic second gen fake street, smoky mm-hmm. fake street alley. And they look like Angsty. drama gangsters with their like open silky shirts and their chests out. Oh my God, out. unbuttoned down to the, to the sternum, whatever that bone is that's like right where your rib cage ends, that's where the buttons begin. Fake tats around the collarbones. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like angsty shots and then the street choreo. Um, but the song itself is really bananas. It's because creepy. It it's, gets it's, faster and it changes keys constantly. And the key changes. The key changes that are like built into the chorus. The chorus alone has like three key yes. changes in it. It's so wild. And there's like all, again, very dramatic strings, but now they're like synthy. And then there's just this like, there's like record scratches in it. And it's just, yeah, it's, it, it almost like gave me anxiety because I was like, oh God, like we're in a rush. There's a real sense of like urgency yes. in the song. Yeah, totally. It almost I wrote almost trot like there is like it has trotty sensibilities in it somehow. Mm. Um and I also wrote that the mullets are shorter but their their spirit remains. They're not as long, but like the vibe is still there in that lots yeah, of Yeah, they're hair definitely they not gone piles. because I specifically <laughs> made a note of when they left. <laughs> okay, yeah. They're still around, but they have been trimmed. So this is a very, this is like a really big moment for Double S 501, probably maybe the like the catapulting moment and ultimately the breaking point maybe, which is that starting in January of 2009, Boys Over Flowers starts airing. And this was already a drama that was based on a really popular manga. Mm -hmm. So like people were already looking forward to it. And then it ends up being this huge smash it's being watched all over the world to this day people still i read an article lately that was like recently that was like we have to stop recommending boys over flowers to people because it's too it's too dated now but for Mm. years it was everybody's like this is the drama you have to start with um so it was huge and Hyunjung was uh, one of the main characters of this show. So him and the whole cast like are catapulted to overnight fame and they're getting commercial deals and they're setting the trends for like what hot guys are now. Like it's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. It eclipses everything. But the, the song Your Man is performed on episode four of Boys Over Flowers. There are several Double S 501 songs on the soundtrack. So like the rest of the group was getting, you know, some attention from this, but one member was obviously now internationally famous in a way that the others couldn't Mm -hmm. be. Sure. Um, So it's a moment. It matters. Um, They do do a couple of music shows with all five of the members doing Your Man, 
they don't have lines, so they don't sing, but they're like there to do the dances and like get some camera time. Yeah, I um, thought that was really funny watching them just like, I mean, it's great that they're there, but they don't sing at all in it. So it's just kind of silly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they get three music show trophies for your man and everybody loves Boys Over Flowers and everything is wild in 2009. Um, but they have time to pop over to Japan to put out a second Japanese album in May of 2009. And the song for this one is called All My Love. This is a 13 track album. Um, and the title track was an acapella song because I guess they had like gotten a reputation for doing acapella songs at their concert tours mm. and it was impressive and cool and they'd never recorded one and done it as a title track. So they did for this and it's quite lovely and it like made my heart warm and it reminded me of like why I liked NSYNC better than the Backstreet Boys, which is that mm-hmm. NSYNC could do acapella because Lance Bass yep. could hold that bass down and they could really do it. Yep. And double S501 could also really do it. <laughs> yeah, this was beautiful. I really, really, really liked this one. And I I, I liked it too because it was like, it reminded me. I mean, throughout the whole their whole career, they've always had really, really good singers. We've been like noting that right. their vocalists are great. But I feel like the earlier tracks highlighted their vocals more in a way that some of their like mid-career tracks because the, you know, 2008, 2009, like we're getting so much more like techno elements into the music. It gets kind of muddier. And then this one, because it's acapella, oh my God, it's just so beautiful. Like their voices are so good. They're very, very good singers. It's really nice. Um, But this Japanese album did not come with any new music videos. Um, they just like previous, they put the lucky days music video from previous on the DVD for this one. Um, but that's all just the acapella song was the highlight of this Japanese Mm -hmm. album. Um, so then in July of that year, 2009, they released their sixth Korean EP, which is called double S 501, the solo collection. And this was a six track album with five different solo songs and one group song. I'm assuming to try to capitalize on this, not all the members are the same level of popular that we've got going on. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, Because they didn't like promote any titles off of this. But I saw that the groups, the one group song they had on this album was a previously released Japanese track. um, And that they didn't have, like I said, they don't have any of the, um, they don't have any music videos or promoted tracks. But instead, they made and released a 20 minute, like, blockbuster style music video for the group song in which three of the members play like rival gang members or something like that or rival killers or something like that rival criminals and they're trying to kill (laughs) each other so that's what they did instead of having like a instead of having a regular music video and promoted track of course of course as you do. As you do. Um, so then in August of 2009, that was the start of their first Asia tour. It was called Persona. And it started in Seoul. And then they had 15 concerts 
in Japan, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Thailand, China, Malaysia, and Singapore. So like a real tour. Nice. Yeah. Um, And then as soon as they got back, or maybe in the midst of this tour, uh, on October 20th, 2009, they put out their seventh Korean EP, which was called Rebirth. And the title track is Love Like This. This was a five-track album, and Wikipedia claimed it hit number one, but there was no source for that. So Mm. just saying, unconfirmed. But they did get three music show trophies for this song. So there's a little proof that it was a hit. Um, This main song is much slower and more like, quote, modern, like 2009 modern, because Mm -hmm. there's like auto tune in it and stuff, which was the first time they've used any sounds like that in this Mm -hmm. whole time. Yeah, there's a lot of auto tune in this song. Um, And this is where I wrote goodbye mullets. You will be missed (laughs) Um, because this for real now they have they all have like short hair Um, and this song, kind of like their first Japanese song, I thought had a lot of weird, like, contrasting elements to it, where it had, like, the heavy auto-tune and it had a lot of techno elements to it. But the melody is so bouncy, it almost felt like a girl group song to me in yes. some ways, that I was just like, this is such a weird mashup of things. Yeah, my note, I wrote, this is getting closer to the K-pop I first got into, but that classic dance chorus that it hit, like the verses, it feels like, okay, this is like very second gen auto tune K-pop. But then the chorus is like a straight like 90s dance chorus or like that really early yeah. K-pop like dance, like mcha, mcha dance chorus that like, oh, oh, all right. Like, I guess mm-hmm. we're not all the way to like that step yet. Yeah, and the styling of it was really strange too, or at least it went, it didn't have a, um, it didn't seem to have a very specific concept that they stuck to for this song because the music video, like all of their music videos, is a box video. Um, and it has like, you know, solo shots of them with girls or in the cars or whatever. And they're wearing like tattoo shirts, you know, like tattoo the shirts. That are, shirts. Like, they're wearing like blazers with like the skin colored, like fake tattoo shirts. But then on stage, they looked like, you know, fall college was, professors. Okay, was this the one something? where they had like full Gap Boy jeans and vests? Yes, and they're wearing the, like, like jeans yes. with these boots and they had like layered like plaid khaki denim vests and blazers and stuff. And I was like, what is the what is the vibe here, guys? What is the vibe? I also just wonder, like, watching so much older stuff lately, I'm very curious if back in the K-pop days if the stylists used to take more time to like style people for the seasons, because like Mm. we said in old K-pop, people used to promote for extremely long periods of time. Like they promote the same single for a whole year. So I feel like sometimes maybe the, the stylist would be like, well, these are their fall fashion stage outfits yeah, or like the Christmas sweater and scarf. Like we were talking about in the 2001 episode, like those boys did that beach song and like earmuffs. Yes. They had to do it in December. 
And I feel like that doesn't really happen anymore, but maybe it was definitely still happening then. And that would explain that stage. Cause I found yeah. it and was like, wow, these outfits are so different. So different. And I also wonder if maybe they just like, maybe they just older K-pop didn't have as strict of concepts for their songs. Mm. Like, and maybe part of that is the promotion schedule, but also like it just wasn't as fully realized maybe as, as more modern K-pop is. I don't know. Yeah. These are just theories, just theories. Um, but another note for 2009, uh, S 501 had an Mnet show in 2009 called romantic sky. And also something I always love to note which is that the leader Hyun Jung was on We Got Married with Chakras Huangbo. They were married from episode nine until episode 38. So they were in the first mm. non Chuseok pilot cast version of We Got Married. Wow. Um, and two songs from their uh, fourth EP from Find. Two of the songs, You Are My Heaven and Thank You, were used as, like, OST songs for We Got mm. Married. Um, and then that brings us, I know you can't believe it, but this brings us to the last thing. Wow. I know, I just said they're, like, making albums that Short everybody and likes and, like, they're doing world tours. But, nope, now it's over. May 24th, 2010, they put out their eighth Korean EP, which is titled Destination. And the song is called Love Ya. And I'm not playing it right now because it's their most popular thing they ever did. Their last thing. So we're going to watch the music video together in a minute. Um, but yeah, this song went to number one and was their best selling ever album ever at almost 70,000 copies. So they put out this last album. Everybody loves it. They're performing on the music shows. They win their second music trophy on Music Bank on the 18th of June. And that day, DSP announces that promotions are ending immediately because the group's contract expired a week ago. That's so... That's it. Like, that's, that's it. That's so crazy. I've never seen that before. And Hyunjung said that no company wanted them as a whole. So they, like, split up and got new... Comp they all got new companies immediately. But, like, not even their company wanted them? I've never heard of a company just being like, their contracts expired. They're like, not that we offered them new ones. Like their contracts, their are contracts expired. expired. That's it. We're done. <laughs> They're done. Yeah. The, the fact that the company, there's so many weird things about that because for one, it's odd that the company seemingly made no effort to keep them or renew those contracts it's odd that they would have timed the release of this EP so close to when those contracts expire, right? Because mm -hmm. obviously they already knew, they would have always known when the expiration date was. So like, why would you schedule it this way? And then, yeah, like that, it's also odd that no other company would be willing to take them as a group because they were fairly popular. Mm -hmm. And this song in particular went to number one. So there's a lot of really odd things happening with this. I have a lot of questions that maybe yeah. things are happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I think that's just like, yeah, my big, that's a real wonder. And like, yeah, I just have a big what if about this. Because it really does seem like they were at 
like it couldn't have like it was the peak because they ended it but like maybe it wouldn't have been like because another thing that I didn't mention at the beginning because I was trying to like give them their own space but I think a thing that's important about double s 501 is that like they were tvxq's quote-unquote rivals like if Mm. you want to if you want to pit groups against each other as people like to do if there can only be one then like yeah they had the same thing going on as tvxq but they were from a smaller company but it was the same amount of dudes they were making kind of similar music Mm. they could sing they could all fucking sing similar mullets same singing style and TVXQ had like huge, horrible legal drama, like pretty soon after this. So like, what if they had still been around mm. to take that time? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a yeah. lot of questions about. What I also wonder happened. if none of like, what if in like a strange twist of fate, the TVXQ legal dramas, which were going to kind of happen around the same time, what if those legal dramas discouraged companies from wanting to sign Double S 501 as a group? Because they're like, well, look at this other five-member group that's having such a like debacle now. Like, we can't risk that you guys would do that too, or something like that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that could have been an influence, how Ooh, close wait. the timelines were, but... Okay, sorry, I had to look it up. TVXQ had done all of their suing like eight months before this. Okay, see? So maybe that soured the idea, especially if they were thought of as rivals. Yeah. And then like, oh, your contract's expired. Like maybe the whole Maybe TVXQ you'll pull diva drama, things on us, so we just exactly, won't even offer you one. Maybe it soured the, the, the idea of investing in a boy group. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Very Very interesting. interesting. But yeah, that was just like, that was it. Um, And all the members went their separate ways and they've all released solo albums and like done work on their own or whatever. So none of them like, you know, quit the spotlight. They all kept at it. Um, And then just some afterthoughts Um, in September of 2014, they released two best of albums in Japan that included all of their discography both korean and japanese and then in january of 2016 double s 301 which are the members that did your man debuted for a special concert and then released two albums in 2016 before the makne hyungjun had to enlist in the military in 2017 Mm. um so they've not done anything like super official since then, I know that two of them like sang at a Chuseok concert like one or two years ago, and that I've heard I saw some rumblings when I was Googling that like the four, like the one who wasn't in 301 but who isn't problematic, like that the four of them might maybe mm. want to try to come back without him because he's messy. Yeah, and I mean, because he hasn't really been doing anything because for the last five years he's been dealing with this legal drama that like very recently in 2020 finished, like we said at the beginning. And he, I read an article where he like recently went on a show that was like an ask me anything kind of show. And so Mm -hmm. he's definitely attempting to like come back, (laughs) toe back out into into the world or whatever. But who fucking knows, man, that shit's a mess. But I did, of the few things that I did see of, like, uh, young, why can't I keep remembering? Their, I don't want to forget their names. Young Sang, 
the one who I whose voice I liked the best. I watched all of his masked singer performances today, and there's like a lot of like he still sings real good. Um, <laughs> and I saw a cute like dingo music thing that was like three of them from when some of the members were in the military, like doing a little like acapella like medley of their songs and they like still were hitting all the harmonies and like nice. they're not old like again they're tvxq's age and tvxq is still around and i feel like they would have still been around if they yeah. hadn't disbanded in five years yeah <sighs> big what if big what if s501 big what if um, so anyway, it was really interesting to learn about this group that like I had always known had made some kind of impact, but that was like, but I didn't know why I hadn't heard of them more. And I think it's because they didn't get a long enough chance to really make a lasting mark, even though they clearly were important. Well, yeah, because you think about like their colleagues right like sure. we said okay like Shinwa, tvxq super junior all three of those groups are still together today yeah so like it is not so unreasonable that we didn't have a lot of context for double s 501 because even though they were you know right alongside those other groups for whatever reason they just didn't have the and maybe it is because they were on a smaller company um than those others that we mentioned but i don't know they didn't have they didn't have luck on their side i suppose yeah i guess not um but to close this out we're gonna watch their final music video because it was their most popular music video um and i didn't watch it so i'm really excited to be surprised by it now yeah I did listen to the song because yes, I watched, I watched one a of stage the... of it because I needed yes. to know at least something. And there were great R and B vocals in it, so I am excited for that. This is "Love Ya" is the name of their final song. If you also would like to watch along with us, um, and yep, most of the comments are in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, press play when I say go. Three, two, one, go. Okay, we've okay. got a title card. Little record turns. See more strings. <gasps> wow, backless, backless jackets and chests. That's the mock name. Okay, we're still rocking the bedazzled gloves. Oh, I hate you, but I love you. A lot of variety of what kind of skin we're showing. Oh, no, the guy with the one arm was maybe a back... Oh, no, wait, are these guys backup dancers? It's hard to tell who's a member and who's yes, a Yes, I think dancer. the backup dancers have the sleeveless, but the members have... Okay, the members oh, have sleeves with backless cutouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel like this song isn't the best example of it, but I did want to bring up, but I didn't before because I wasn't looking at it, that their choreography was so interesting to me. Yes. Like so many of the moves that they did, I feel like I had never seen them. Mm. And there was a lot of like real like whooshy and even kind of like feminine moves and just a lot of like 
body rolls and arms. It was like they were trying to take a step away from the just jumping of the first gen choreo, but they hadn't, they clearly had not hired like any real hip hop teachers to learn any of that move. Like, I don't Mm. know the moves that they had more intricate footwork and they had a lot of like fun formations, a lot of arm work, and they did, like, good things with levels sometimes. Yes. It was very theatrical, but it didn't feel like pop dancing. Mm. There was just something about it where I was like, I don't know what to do with any of this dancing. Like, I feel like I had never seen anything like so much of it. I don't know. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't feel that way. I actually noted through several of it. I was like, I like their core. Like they have good choreo. It's like interesting and it's different. It's definitely different. It's definitely different. I'm sorry. I'm not commenting on this video where they have vampire capes and I should have said something about their capes. Oh, I didn't even notice the capes. Where were they wearing capes? There's like one single shot and he has like at least one side of cape. I'll see if I comes up again but like that big swoosh there was a lot of like rolly swooshes (laughs) oh my god these huge glove things yeah their gloves have this like huge medallion on them that has like spikes like they could really knock somebody out with that thing this music video is very choreo centered. Like we're really yes, just is. dancing in different rooms and then there's like a bunch of ladies playing the strings all around them. And like we mentioned before, there's a bunch of backup dancers. I kind of wish they had done more to distinguish the members from the backup dancers cuz everybody's wearing black. Oh, there, you're right. There's, see, the there's cape. just like a one bit of mm-hmm. cape. <laughs> The eight eight sound. Drama. 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 Wow. Only to be cut short immediately. 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 Wild. Well, that was everything that I learned about Double S 501 in the last 36 hours. <laughs> I hope that you all learned something too and have gained new appreciation for a boy group that came from the past. For the history. For the history. Always for the history. Um, all right, it's weekly recommendation time, and I know that normally in deep dives we like save recommendations for like just things for the group, but I'm gonna have to call an audible this week and say there's too many things that I need to talk about that have nothing to do with K-pop from 15 years ago. So, um, gonna say, I mean, God, everything that came out like in the past 24 hours is so good. I don't even know where to start. But I guess I'll start with Sistar giving a summer back. <laughs> oh my god, that music video made me emotional. <laughs> me too. Got me feeling all emotional. Um, yeah, so Hyolin and Dasom from Sistar 
reunited as Hyolin and Dasum for a song called Summer or Summer. And it has yeah. all the elements of a perfect sister summer song. It's so good. It's so good. It's so cute. <laughs> the choreo is cheeky in the perfect way. Actually and cheeky too. Yes, literally cheeky. Cheek There's butt cheeks in it. <laughs> but because it's Yolen. Yolen comes with butt cheeks. These yeah. two things are not mutually true. exclusive. <laughs> but the thing that like really got me about the music video was that they are just clearly having so much fun. And there's just so many shots of them like hugging and like goofing around and laughing and the smiling. The laugh at the very end when at they the get, get by end, the wave. When they I get was hit like, by the wave. <laughs> I know. They're having so much fun. Yeah, what a really fun surprise that was. Like, I was excited when I saw them announcing it on Instagram or whatever, and I knew that it would be fun, but like the way that they really did capture like the magic of a Sistar Summer song in a 2021 way made me really happy. Yes, yes, me too. (laughs) It's It's very good. Highly recommend. Um, and also a thing that made me equally emotional is Ten's SM Station solo debut, Baby Ten. It's not his SM Station solo oh, debut. Oh, no, it's not because of Dream He's and done many solo And all SMs. those others. You're yeah, right. He's done You're several. Right. Okay, take that back. How dare I discredit him that way? His newest SM solo song. Is that bad? Should I take that all back? Was no, you don't have to take good? it out. It's just not a debut, but it's a new SM station. <laughs> it's new. It's called Paint Me Naked. It's all in English. It's fucking so cute and good. Why is it so it's, cute? I when he put he's out so something, cute. he's so cute. But when he's so cute. But when he put out a teasers of him in like a diamond shirt and the title was Paint Me Naked, I was like, oh no, what thought shit are we about to get? But it's like I know. fucking cute it's so cute it's so cute and he's where i love all of his styling in it he's tattoos are out obligatory full bare chest shot when Mm. he does like one thing at the end i was like oh wow he's really hiding his nipples in this music video and like as soon as i thought that it was just like nipples (laughs) (laughs) because he has to that's my son and he doesn't like to wear clothes and i support him And he's wearing, he's got his nails done, the whole music video. There's a whole shot where he's like literally wearing press-ons. He looks phenomenal. He's so cute. There are a lot of vocal effects in the song, which he's played with before in his previous SM Station songs. But there's also so many moments where his voice sounds so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful like he goes he really plays with all the different things that his voice can do in this song like every verse has a little something different and it's in like a slightly different place in his voice yeah and it should it shows really good range it shows yeah. really good range it's a wonderful and it's like showcase. a cheeky like funny song like yeah yeah cheeky funny and there's like enough cheeky funny dancing in the music video um, a lot of just like random jumping around and being adorable and laughing. So it's not like a full choreographed art piece, but when he does dance, it's always amazing. And oh, I loved it. It made me so happy. Yeah. It's definitely a good shot of serotonin for sure. Yeah. 
Another good shot of serotonin, something else phenomenal that came out this week. It was my rec last week, but it hadn't come out yet. Yes. Uh, Sunmi's new EP, which is called One Sixth. Um, the title track that she's promoting is You Can't Sit With Us, and I love it. I love the vibe of the whole EP. The choreo to You Can't Sit With Us is very like cheerleadery, and yeah. it's very funny. Um, but she promoted a B-side, I think on Inkigayo, and the B-side is called Sunny, and it's one of my favorite songs off of the EP, and the mu- the choreography is so cute. I didn't expect her to do a B-side, um, because she's mostly just released singles lately, so she like doesn't usually promote a That's B-side. True. But she did a B-side stage of Sunny, and the choreo is really, really cute, and there's a moment where she does like a little pinky promise with the like bodybuilder dancer who's <gasps> always in her, who's always in her stuff, and it's fucking cute! man she looks like she's having so much fun she looks like all of her stuff like her relay dance and her like booth performance and like she just looks like she's having a great time and that makes me very very happy that's great i'm gonna watch you posted in our group chat before we recorded but i'm gonna watch the sunny thing as soon as we're done with this because i'd been so buried in research that i told myself i needed a window before we recorded to watch all the new things so i watched all of this stuff like two hours ago and i'm like <laughs> buzzing on it but i only got through the music video on one stage i didn't even know to look for b-sides until you said that so like yeah now I can't wait to do that. <laughs> and you're really going to like the B-side. There's a lot of cute like butt shaking and they're wearing like adorable summer dresses and they just look really cute. And like Sunmi doesn't usually do happy-go-lucky summer songs. Yeah. And the song, honestly, like when I listened to it, I didn't think this is not the kind of like that's not the kind of stage I would have envisioned for this song. Um, But it works well and it's very cute and it's like nice to see her do something kind of fluffy. Um, but yeah, but I also wanted to, um, give a, a Patreon recommendation, Ooh, Yes, mostly please. cause I was thinking like, Ooh, for our deep dive recs, like we usually do something related to the group, but like I had nothing. So I was like, I'll just throw it over to the patrons. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to shout this one out in particular because it's something that I have had on my mind lately and I have not dived into yet. Um, but Miss Susie recommends a video of Rosé from Blackpink singing the only exception off of a show called sea of hope now Susie was not totally sure like what the show was um and i have not watched the show but i know that it has uh onu from shiny okay, i was gonna say is this the onu show? from akmu it has the actor lee dongwook on it it has rose on it and i haven't watched a full episode so i don't know what the premise of the show is but i know it involves cooking where all of the celebrities like make food and it involves beachside covers and performances and it seems pleasant as fuck like so it just seems so delightful all i see are just like sweet clips like suhyun posted on uh instagram recently like a picture of jinky like sitting on the beach and she was like why is he so cute like why or no it was like why weren't we born siblings he really is this cute (laughs) and it's so (laughs) adorable and like i just see like lee dong-wook like fawning over jinky like feeding him oh my gosh it's so cute anyway 
Susie's recommendation is for Rosé, singing the only exception. She says, Rosé's voice is just gorgeous, and Zai Rowe, the incredible guitarist, accompanies her. It's such a pleasant video, beautiful sunny day, breeze in Rosé's hair, the rest of the class are milling around, the rest of the cast are milling around cooking. I felt so at peace watching. And I felt like that's such a perfect description of everything I've seen from that show. Like, it seems so peaceful and pleasant and lovely. So if you want to watch some beachside singing, I recommend in like second Susie's recommendation for Rosé's version of The Only Exception, but also just like look up Sea of Hope. The full episodes are on YouTube and there are uh, fan subbers who are subbing the whole episodes. I don't think it's officially subbed, but there are playlists that have the whole episode subbed. But you also can find just the performances as well. So it's cut up nicely online for you. Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds nice. Thank you, Susie. Um, And thanks to all of our patrons. And if you want to become a patron, you can join at patreon.com slash amykpoppod. Yes, and if you are already a patron and you are one of our seasoned fans, you can submit a recommendation to us every month for a chance to hear it read on the show. I recently made a new post on our Patreon page that only seasoned fans can view. So the recommendation page is on our published posts. So I had originally sent it as like a Google form, but for anyone who joins now, you can find it easily on the published posts page. It's called Patreon Recommendations. Great job. (laughs) Um, Yay, that's good. Oh, this is very random, but last week during recommendations, you brought up the new Somi song, and I also checked that out, and the drop in that is fucking magnificent. It's excellent, right? But isn't it such a switch? It is such a switch, but ooh, it hits good. (laughs) Um, All right. Anyway, that's it for this week. Um, If you would like to get in contact with us, we can be found at AMA K-Pop Pod. In all the places, link tree slash pod for links to our Discord where you can talk to listeners like you. Spotify where you can listen to playlists that have to do with all of our episodes. We have a YouTube channel. Like I just like we just said we have a Patreon if you want to pay to get extra episodes and contribute to the show. Um what else? We have a fandom wiki where you can find <laughs> anything you need to know if you want to look for other deep dive episodes that we've done. There's a whole page with information about artists we've already covered. If you go to our Spotify account, yeah. you can find um playlists, not only playlists that accompany certain episodes episodes but also playlists of our episodes so if you there is for example a playlist of all of our artists deep dive episodes um so there's a ton of stuff we put a lot of shit out there i don't know look us up look us up (laughs) look us up you can call us 181 ama pop 5 and leave a you can write us a letter P.O. Box 26096 los angeles california 90026 And I think that that is it. Um, Lots of exciting stuff on the horizon as always. So stay tuned. Um, And thanks for tuning in for this deep dive. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Jonghyun, you're our inspiration.